Morena Kote. Good morning, everyone. I want to talk today about foundations. Foundations are important. When I was uh, building labor about 30 odd years ago, I worked on a work site, big work site in Wellington. And I remember one time, there was a huge kerfuffle. Uh, the building inspector came up to the office and all the um, subcontractors and that were there. And the building, con uh, the building inspector said to the subcontractor who's building the, the wall foundations, concrete wall foundations, he said, it's not good enough. You're going to have to knock that down and start again. Subcontractor said, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, fine. And there was quite an argument. And the subcontractor said to the building inspector, I'm going to put a bullet in your head, which didn't happen. Everyone got very excited. Uh, next day, the subcontractor had employed uh, a young man. Uh, he played for the Wellington Rugby League team, and he had some of the biggest muscles I've ever seen. And he was there with a jackhammer, and he spent three days knocking that concrete wall down. It was not good enough. What had happened in the in that concrete wall was instead of being vibrated, uh, <clears throat> as the wall was poured, uh, it had been vibrated properly, and so it was honeycombed, and so it was not strong enough. Another memory of a of a foundation when Charlene, my wife, and I bought our first house, there was a whole lot of bricks lying around at the house. And we lived right across from the beach. The house is very close to Sitahi Bay Beach. And so I thought, I'm going to make a brick barbecue. And I'll, I thought, I'll make the concrete pad myself to build the bricks on. So I did that and I was really proud of myself. And then uh, once I'd done that, I asked a uh, brickie to come and build the brickwork. And I said, what do you think of my concrete pad? He looked at it. He looked at it and he says, I might be able to fix that. <laughs> but foundations are so important. Foundations are so important. And Paul, writing to the Roman church, he, he realized that foundations are going to be really important, were important for the Roman church, church at Rome. So why? And we're going to look at two verses here that scholars believe uh, is actually Romans in a nutshell. This is what Romans is all about. Just two verses. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. It's like Romans in a nutshell. And it says this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and for the Gentile. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith from start to finish, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Ka hore hoki o ku ki pai, ko te kaha hoki e o te atua hei whakaora mō ngā tangata katoa. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation for everyone who believes. So this letter of, the, of Romans that Paul wrote to a church 
at Rome is it was like a concrete foundation. It's like a like a military pillbox, you know. Sometimes you see on the coast, we had them in Wellington, an incredibly solid concrete foundation that would be a defensive pillbox in case of enemy attack. And it was needed. It was needed because there are definitely some some clouds on the horizon. There was political clouds. We know from history in AD 49, the Emperor Claudius, Roman Emperor Claudius, had expelled Jews from Rome. There's believed to be around 50,000 Jews in Rome at that time. Probably those expelled were Jewish Christians. Priscilla and Aquila, whom Paul meets in Greece, were probably some of those exiles that were expelled in Acts chapter 18. Political situation was fragile at that time. But not only that, there's also personal clouds on the horizon for the writer Paul. Paul, he was planning a trip back to Judea. He wanted to take a collection back for the poor Christians in the Jerusalem church. But there were some big black clouds on, on the horizon for him. Uh, Romans 15, 31, Paul says, Pray for me that I may be rescued from unbelievers in Judea. Acts 20, 22, verses 22 to 23, he says, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm not sure what is going to happen to me there. I only know that in every town, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. So Paul was on his way to Jerusalem, and he wasn't sure how it was going to go. Yeah all over the place. Every town, it seems like there's these prophetic uh, utterances that were saying, it's not going to go well for you. It's going to be hardship and pain for you. And so Paul wanted to know that if things did not go well, he had this solid document uh, for him that would be able to go ahead of him because he wanted to visit Rome, wanted to visit the Roman church and um, something solid a contingency plan, a strong foundation. So he could stick to this. They could stick to this. This is what we believe. This is our foundational faith. How you will survive if the enemy comes at you. This is your rock and foundation, the gospel. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again, not for anything he did wrong, but our inbuilt addiction to doing wrong, to rebelling against him. But by holding on to this faith in Jesus and his power, God considers us righteous. It's a gift from God. It has saved you and it will save you. It's like a beautiful uh, Italian leather jacket gifted to us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We just have to accept it that, that, that this is what God has given to us with a, with a heart of gratitude and amazement and put it on. It is a gift from God. The prophet Zechariah, about 500 years earlier, had written this. 500 years prior to uh, Jesus coming. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Look, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The righteousness of God that comes by faith from start to finish. A righteousness revealed from God by faith from first to last. From first to last. 
doesn't just start with faith and then we give God a hand. It's not, you know, like, uh, uh, thanks, God. I'll take it from here, you know. I'll take the wheel. It's not that. No, it's from it's from faith. It's faith from first to last. Faith from first to last. The closest book to Romans in the New Testament in terms of its content is, in fact, the book of Galatians. Covers many of the same things, same issues. Paul actually had uh, had not founded the church at Rome, but he had the had founded the churches in Galatia. A Roman church, the church at Rome, sprung up due to others, but they both kind of had the same sort of challenges. And Paul. Because he didn't have that relationship with the Roman church, he needed something solid, a foundation to proceed his visit to them. Hence the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans. But in Galatia, uh, Paul was much more abrupt in his advice and rebuke. He had this, his relationship with them that allowed him to do that. So, for instance, Galatians 1 verse 6 says, I'm astonished. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. I'm astonished you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Now, the Romans version of that is much more gentle. Romans 1.17, the righteousness of God comes from faith from first to last. Galatians on the other hand is way more in your face with Paul's concerns. What the heck are you guys thinking? You start with faith in Jesus and then you tack on Jewish customs. And Paul says, I was way more Jewish than any of you. I was a full-on Jew. Chapter 3 of Galatians. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? He continues, the faith of Abraham, our patriarch, was a life by faith. Galatians chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to this. Listen to this. Paul says, those that want to tack on some Jewish customs, like circumcision, those that want to tack on things to faith in Jesus, why don't they just go the whole way? Why don't they go the whole hog? Why don't they just cut off their diddles entirely, like fully, like right off? And I just want to say on a pastoral level that heresies, spiritual untruths, they don't tend to get invented. They just tend to get dusted off. Same old spiritual untruths just tend to do a circle and they come around again every now and again. Repainted. Same old thing. And there is around at the moment a push of some 21st century Judaizing going on of sort of adding kind of Jewish customs to faith in Jesus. I just want to say don't buy into it. Don't start with faith in the good news of Jesus Christ and then wander over into partial Jewishness thinking that this is some sort of next level faith. It's not. It's not. It's not like, you know, Disney Plus. It's not faith plus. It's not next level. It's actually a retreat backwards. 
Romans chapter 1, verse 17. But the righteousness from God is by faith from first to last. Righteousness from God is by faith first to last. So Paul wanted this document, this letter, as a protective foundation for the believers at Rome. But not only that, not only that, it's not only like a concrete bunker of, uh, you know, like in World War II where you could um, protect from onslaughts. Not only that, it's not only defensive, but it's, it's also like a, uh, an attack, a, a concrete foundation of attack. Not only, not only contingency plan, but a capacity plan. So it's like a helicopter pad. Romans 15, Paul says, I want to go to Spain and preach there. I want, to, I want you to help me to do that. The letter to the Romans was not just helping them to survive, but part of his plan to build capacity into the church so the Roman church could also thrive, not just survive, but thrive. And the faith of Jesus Christ is always mission. It is always asking from, from where to from here? Where to from here? Who now? Where now? Where to from here? It's not only defensive, but it's, it's kind of offensive. Who next? Paul wanted to build capacity into the Roman church with the hope and expectation that the church at Rome would provide a foundation for going further west into Spain, down the other roads of the Roman Empire. Are we still asking those questions? Where now, Lord? Who now, Lord? Who can we reach now? The gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. It's not just for us. Not just for us. Who now? Who now? Where to now? Who can we reach now? I want to finish with this story. The story of a, a little girl. And she grew up really happy, a wonderful family and wonderful mother. Loved her dearly. But the little girl noticed that she, she noticed something that she never used to notice as she grew up and as she went to school. She noticed something different about her mother. And, and uh, her mother had really burnt back of her hands and first half of her arms. And it started to bother the little girl because the other girl's mothers did not have that, only her mother. And she started to get actually embarrassed uh, by her mother and she, she wondered why she was different. And uh, after, after a few years, she got the courage and, and she asked her mum how come she was different from other little girls and had burnt hands. And her mum said, sat her down and said, oh, I'm going to tell you the story. And she said, when you were born, uh, a few weeks after you were born, we had a terrible fire in the house. We lost much in the house. And in fact, the fire was, even got into your room. And um, I ran into your room, into your cot, and I saved you. Um, but because of the terrible fire, I got badly burnt, and particularly on my hands. They were badly burnt, and so that is why. The little girl took her mother's hands and put her on her face, and she said, Mum, I love your hands. 
I love your hands. In uh, Romans 1, 16 says this, I'm not ashamed of the sacred hands of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the scar hands of Jesus because it's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And are you, Fakama of the gospel, are you embarrassed by the gospel? Are you embarrassed by the hands of Jesus? If you have been ashamed, you need to repent of that. Repent of that. Those scarred hands produce power from God for all who believe. And I encourage you to grab those hands of love of Jesus and say, I love your hands. I love your hands. Thank you for grabbing me out of the fire and saving me. I'm not going to be ashamed of your hands anymore. Anymore. I love your hands. Amen.